Welcome to the Finance Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by XS Sites. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking about the DC Project. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by NA Tactical. As instructors, our students are always asking us what gear we use, and I always tell them I use NA Tactical. Do you know NA Tactical offers several designs, each with extreme comfort for all-day carry? The Revenant and professional holsters have a patented, tuckable design, adjustable cant, and secure twist release. My personal favorite is the K01. It is an Al-Kydex appendix holster that I can carry all day in comfort. All of N8's holsters come with a two-week tri-it guarantee and a lifetime warranty even on the clip. And don't forget to complete your EDC with a flex mag carrier. It has a three-layer comfort backer and will accommodate several sizes of magazines. Shop at n8tactical.com to find your next holster. That is letter N, the number eight, tactical.com. Today we are joined by Amanda Suffolk from the nationally syndicated radio show, Eye on the Target. She is also the District 2 Director for the DC Project. Welcome, Amanda. How are things going for you today? Hey, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's uh, re- really great um, because as as uh, we were talking about in the pre-show, one of the things I think uh, you know people realize is if you're going to be a gun owner, uh, just by that simple um, notion, you've got to be you've got to make sure your voices are heard a little bit more than on a lot of other topics because it seems like it's a very hot button issue in politics to where if you don't voice them, then they start coming out with all kinds of uh, magazine restrictions, gun restrictions, uh, you know, going along and you know telling you where you can and can't carry all these things that maybe don't hurt us directly, but erodes at our second amendment rights, you know, one notch at a time. But before we jump into all that, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who Amanda Suffolk is and uh, what you do? Well, um, what I do is I tell people that I am an accidental activist. You know, that (laughs) statement where people say somebody ought to do something. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, hey, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm somebody (laughs) and I better get off the sofa. So, so that's sort of, that's sort of how I got started or how I do it. So I am currently the, the nationally syndicated host of a radio show called Eye on the Target Radio. And um, we're not only nationally syndicated on the terrestrial airways, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. We've also just started to Howard Sternish, if you will, um, do on-demand TV video of a Second Amendment radio show. And um, we're getting like 35,000 viewers a week watching two people sit at a counter and talk about guns, <laughs> as crazy <laughs> as that is. That, that's, that's amazing. So, so we do that. And then, um, oh, and then the, my other claim to fame is that I do concealed carry fashion shows across the country. And so uh, as a firearms trainer, People would ask me, how do I carry? And, you know, they don't understand that that depending on whether you're big or small or tall or short or busty or, you know, all of those things, it's a different way to carry. And so we started to do fashion shows. We've been featured on HBO, on Vice, 
Um, and I taught the NRA how to do their concealed carry fashion show. So, you know, it, you can, that's where, that's kind of the places that you can find me plus the DC project. And in, in your free time, you do all that stuff. <laughs> well, Hey, that's a, that's a good, good information for everybody. And if we need a fashion show, we know who to call now. But hey, as we're uh, talking about the uh, DC project, can you go along and, and you give a quick overview about what DC project is? Well, the DC project is probably the most amazing group of pro Second Amendment women that you'll ever find together in one place. And it and I tell people it's like going to summer camp with my heroes. So these women, one after another, are so amazing in what they do and the fights that they fight in their home states. I mean, we've got we've got Teresa Einacker, who's a lawyer who is licensed to um, to practice law at the Supreme Court level. We've got Holly Sullivan, who is a, the female president of CCDL, which is the Connecticut Citizens Defense League. So one of the larger larger East Coast pro-gun organizations or gun defense organizations. We've got professional Olympians and shooters and um, just just so many different women. But the one thing that ties us all together is our, our love for the Second Amendment and our defense of the Second Amendment. And so we fight in our home states and then we go to Washington, D.C. once a year and we walk the hill and meet with our legislators to explain to them that, that the Second Amendment, well, it's now that, that uh, the supporters of the Second Amendment now wear lipstick, right? I mean, it's, it's completely different. It used to be that when, when our legislators thought about gun owners, they were big, burly, bearded guys in a plaid shirt. And so they don't know what to do with us when we come in in heels and business suits and professionally speak and have careers and talk about why guns are important to us and how they level the playing field and they allow us to be able to defend ourselves from somebody who's bigger, stronger, and faster. So that's that's really what the DC Project does. The last trip we went, when we went to Washington, we had meetings in 132 legislators' offices in one week. 132. Wow. Amazing. And in a lot of cases, we met directly with the legislator. So it wasn't just a staffer, but and whether it was the pro-gun ones, the anti-gun ones, you know, I, I personally met with Dick Durbin. He wasn't real excited to meet us. He wasn't real <laughs> thrilled with anything we had to say, but he he at least gave us the time to hear us. The DC project is, I think, five years old, and we're making enough of a difference that we were actually asked to come to the House Judiciary Committee to testify on the assault weapons ban that um, Representative Nadler was chairing a committee that, to talk about and try to kick that into committee to kick it out of committee. And um, so for an organization that is five years old, that is pretty amazing. I was not the speaker. I sat, I sat in the gallery, but I have to say that I sat next to Dick Heller when people were talking about Dick Heller and it was like, <laughs> okay, this is one of my bucket list moments right here, you know? Mm -hmm. So that that's really what the DC project is, a, is, is in a nutshell, is it just is personalizing the second amendment and standing and defending it. 
and I, and I believe from reading through all the profiles that are out there on the website, there's a lot of other women that represents the other 50 states uh, mm-hmm. that have, you know, very personal stories too, which always puts a very um, poignant, uh, you know, point to an argument about, you know, why do you need a magazine that can hold more than 10 rounds? It's not because you're a bad shot. It's because if you're attacked by multiple people, you might need more than 10 rounds for it. Or once one round may not stop a person, you know, all these different arguments that we hear from politicians. But when you can go along and say somebody, you know, I had to defend myself and it wasn't until I got to my, you know, 12th round that the attack stopped, you know, that, that really, you know, goes along and makes people sit up and realize maybe this isn't the smartest thing in the world to do. Right. The, the, the limitations of, of, you know, where standard capacity magazines and they're trying to limit them to substandard capacity magazines. You know, the other one is, well, why do you why do you need to carry a gun? There's police. You know, why do you need to do this? We've got we've got some gals who are pro Second Amendment that were victims of violence. And one of them was actually in eyesight view of the campus police station when she was attacked and raped, mm-hmm. eyesight view, but the police go home at five o'clock and then it's not staffed for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yep. The campus is still open, you know, but they're like, well, we have police sometimes it's sometimes mm-hmm. enough that, and it's really hard for a legislator to, to just kind of poo poo you when somebody's telling that story. Or Nikki Gozer, do you you know who she is? The gal who wrote the book Denied a Chance. Yep. Nikki, mm-hmm. Nikki's husband was killed by a stalker in a no gun zone. You know, there's not much that they can say about the value of a gun free zone when her husband Ben was killed with a gun in a gun free zone. Right. Because criminals obey the law. That's why mm-hmm. they're criminals, right? Exactly. Uh, so there, there's you know a lot of good things and looking over uh, all the women I know several of them uh, here uh, on the website and uh, they've all got very interesting stories from being you know law enforcement officers where they know you know they've been in those kind of situations but right. they still want to go along and you know uh, lobby the legislature to go along and either don't pass something or to pass some additional um, you know provisions of it and that they speak you know very uh, pointedly to to what the situation is because it's hard to turn somebody down when, like you said when i can go along and say this happened to me this isn't hype uh, this isn't hypothetically saying this mm-hmm. is you know exactly what happened uh, for it. Uh, that's that's great what are some of the uh legislative things that the dc project you were talking about the uh, house ju- uh, judiciary on the assault weapons we're going to testify at um what are some of the other ones that the dc project is uh look, looking into or working with well, so the DC project is is very vigilant on on the things that are happening and they reach out and they talk to their legislators. But the other thing is is that we provide a resource to our legislators. And so we're we're not only just going to DC even though that is our name, we also are active in our own states. And so um next week I am actually testifying in Ohio for um House Bill 62, which is the Second Amendment sanctuary bill that is that is coming up in in Ohio. And what happened was my legislator reached out to me and said, "Hey, this is this is coming up. Do you have an opinion? And who else do you know that that may want to make a statement?" 
So I reached out to Dick Heller. And so Dick Heller wrote them a statement. He's not coming, but he wrote them a statement. And they're like, you know him and you can get him to write something. It's like, yes, but there you go. And um, so, so there's those kinds of things because, well, for, for Ohio and the second amendment sanctuary, it's really about states laws versus federal laws and who's going to stand their ground and where that is. And I think that that's the value of it. And the fact that the anti-gun people have a really, really, they have got a really long timeline. They're willing to wait years and years to push an agenda. And, um, and so in my speech, I talk about uh, the St. Valentine's Day massacre. I talk about um, the 1968 gun control, um, you know, those types of things. They talk about the fact that the Clinton gun ban was actually a response to something that had happened 13 years prior. But they found a window, they found a, a weakness, they found an area and they, and they used it. And so that's where the states have to stand strong. So, so for us, for the DC project, one of the big things that we do is we talk about educate over legislate or educate not legislate so that we want to, we want to have gun safe people. We want to, you know, understand safe storage and what that is and responsible gun ownership and what that is from a gun owner's viewpoint, not from an anti-gun owner's viewpoint. So, you know, to me, safe gun storage is pants on, gun on. The gun is with me. I know somebody else doesn't have it or have access to it. And if I need to leave it, I need to leave it so it's secure. So I know that it is that it is secure and it doesn't, doesn't have an issue. Um, so, so there are those types of things. And so we tell our legislators we will be a resource. So if you've got a question or you don't understand something or you want to know something, then reach out to us. And um, once again, in Ohio, my legislator called me and said that Ohio is having such a problem moving concealed carry licenses through the sheriff's departments. We were just jammed up for, they, they actually were, in some cases, some counties backed up for more than a year that she says, I'm going to go meet with several of the sheriffs in several of the counties, but I don't really understand all the terminology. I know what I want to say, but I don't understand the terminology. Will you go with me? Um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and those are the opportunities that I think that by providing a resource or what the DC project provides as a resource, it says, here, we'll help you. We'll help you navigate through this We'll help you with the terminology. We'll help you understand. You want to go to the range. You want to shoot it. You want to handle it. You want to touch it. You want to understand it. We'll we'll make sure you do. Yeah, we want to stay away from the you know thir thirty round clip mag mag uh, automatic clip magazines. You know those those kind of terminologies because we look at it and it's like it doesn't even make sense. And help help them understand because yes, we're around guns. Yes, we go along, know them. Every politician um, or a lot of the politicians probably don't really have a, an idea for it. it would be, you know, it'd be like a medical term for a lot of people. You know, if you're not in medicine, you're not going to understand the medical terms well. And same thing we should look at from the firearms. And that's where what you're doing and what the D.C. project doing, I think, is great for the Second Amendment in getting out there. And not just like you said, not just on the federal level in Washington, D.C., but there's a lot more restrictions if people really look at it honestly that come about on the state level or in some cases on the city level if the states don't have preemption for that. And that's one of those things that you've got to be you just can't be going along talking to your senator and congressman. You've got to be talking to your state representatives, too, to make sure they understand what they're actually doing. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. And the other part is, is state representatives grow up to be congressmen, right? You mm-hmm. watch them all jockey for position. So if you can get to them when they're the county commissioner, if you can get to them when they're the county treasurer, and you can get to them when they're your state rep, you can have influence on them that is going to last for their entire career. So I tell people it's not enough that you know the name of your elected representative. Your elected representative needs to know your name. Mm Mm-hmm. And they might call you up for references or, you know, when they're the, you know, city dog, dog catcher, but then, you know, as they grow up, as you say, to be mayor, to be a, a, a lieutenant governor, governor, and maybe mm-hmm. a congressman someday, you know, they'll remember, and maybe they'll pick up that phone and ask you, you know, okay, exactly what do they mean when they're talking about, you know, banning assault rifles and, you know, going along and explaining to them exactly, you know, what, how they operate compared to, you know, guns that were made a hundred years ago. And, you know, have them realize like, oh, so you're telling me the only difference between the quote unquote assault rifle and the gun that my grand great grandfather might've used is one had wood furniture on it, the other one's got plastic furniture on it. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense. And that's right. how, and that's how you make what, the sense. Right. And they don't even know what furniture means. Right. So, you know, so they hear these terms and they're like, what is that? Right. What, what does that mean? So let me point at it. Let me talk to you about it. Right. And, and I think that what happens is you can build a level of trust to where, because nobody ever wants to feel stupid. So if you build a level of trust with them when they're early in their career, then they will use you as a resource because they know that you're just going to talk straight to them and not talk down to them and not talk wrongly to them, you know, not put them in a position. So yeah, that, and that's really it. We want to, we want to work with them. We want to um, be a resource. So the DC project is actually next next week, week and a half, headed to DC. There's about 12 of us that are going. We've gotten an invitation to meet with, the, with some of the members of the Freedom Caucus and the Second Amendment Caucus because they've heard about us and they want to meet us. That, I think that's that, is cool. a, that is a cool invitation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I, and a lot of people, you know, want to, you know, turn, turn away from the politicians and not deal with them. But we also have to recognize that they're, you know, if we don't deal with them, then they're just going to go about it to whatever they're being told and pass legislation that we're probably not going to agree with. So we've got to, you know, we have to embrace them and make sure they understand our views because they're representing us. Right. And they have, and they have to understand what's important to us and why it's important because just what doesn't do it. And, um, we were talking to, I think it was Ted Cruz. We were talking to Ted Cruz and he said, you know, the thing is, is that people come in here and they start spouting numbers. Numbers don't stick in your head. Tell me a story. Tell me a story that will stick because then I can use that. And then I can share that and I can talk to other people. And um, that's one of the things that the left is so good at, that the right is not is mm-hmm. that we are like, we've got the facts behind us and we've got the data behind us and we're just going to tell you what it all is. And it's like, well, wait, wait, wait. You know, when we walk away, they're not going to remember. So instead, tell it as a story. Get the, get the feelings involved with it. You know, like, you know, when you go along and somebody can say, hey, this happened to my husband, this happened mm-hmm. to me, you know, those kind of stories, people take, sit up in their chair and it's like, wow, you know, this isn't a hypothetical. This isn't somebody, you know, potato, potato, half empty, half full kind of glass. It's, you mm-hmm. know, this is truly what happened. And you're talking to a survivor of the, of the uh, violent confrontation. The, those probably 
hold a lot more weight than anybody else's testimony. I would, I would imagine. Right. And I think that, that just no matter how you do it, I mean, when you tell, when you tell, even if it didn't happen to you, when you're telling data and you're telling facts, you're saying, you know, there was a 50% reduction, you know, turn that into, to, you know, Mrs. Smith didn't get attacked this year because, you know, it's, you start to make it to where they, they get it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, I got a question for you. We've kind of danced around this a little bit, but if somebody's out there listening and they're an instructor and, yeah. you know, they want to get involved or they want to, they want to pass the uh, word on to their students about how to get involved, okay. what do they do? How do, how do they, you know, uh, help you, help you out either, um, you know, promote your cause or if they want to get involved in their, you know, state, uh, states, uh, statewide, how, how do they uh, find who, who's in charge of their state? Okay, so there's a couple different things that they can do. So keep in mind that this, like every other organization, is is something that runs on money. So there is there is that piece of it. So donations are always welcome. Um, I and I know that there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, I've already donated to enough organizations, and I get that too. We have a, we have a line of products, the Teal for Two A line of products. So if you would sport a Teal for Two A T-shirt or um, an educate over legislate t-shirt or a hoodie or one of those kinds of things, that helps. And so everything that we do and that we sell is on dcproject.info. You'll get to read about the, the directors as to who is, all, who is all involved in the leadership of the DC Project. At some point, we're, gonna, we're trying to put in the state leaders, but what we found is that since we're all volunteers trying to make a website that's got 50 additional spider web pages of, of people and the people keep moving and shifting. It's like, wow, that was a whole lot more maintenance than we signed up for. So, so we've kind of cut back a little bit on that. And so if you want to know who is the leader in your state, you can sign up and, and send an email and ask and we'll help you. If you are of the female persuasion, sign up at dcproject.info and join your state organization. There's a, there's a Facebook page. And so when they're going to, in our, in our case, Ohio, if they're going to Columbus or, you know, they're going to whatever the state capital is, they'll let everybody on that page know. They'll let all the, uh, all the gals know and they can, they can do that. If you are an instructor who is of male persuasion, by sharing the information with the females to say, because this really is a female-focused, female-centric group, um, to introduce the DC project to your female students, that is that is very much appreciated. I mean, because one of the other things is, is the group of gals that joins, the caliber of women that is in this group is so willing to answer questions about, about guns and about ammo and about concealed carry and, you know, all of the different things that come from being a concealed carry holder and all the trials and tribulations of where do you carry and how do you carry and what do you carry and what ammo do you put in it and how often do you practice and you know all all of that stuff and so those give you those kind of resources and contacts and the ability to to talk to like-minded individuals and so that's always really good too well that's that's fun there's a lot of good good information out there and i will uh, include the link to the dc project in the show notes and there's a couple pages here I'm looking at that has uh, good information on it that could probably easily be printed off to pass out to uh, students or uh, could be added to a newsletter to your students, different things along those lines to help people mm-hmm. to be um, 
active because they don't always have to go to DC, but you know, their support, their willingness to, you know, maybe just jot a simple uh, email to somebody or pick up the phone and call a legislator, you know, local level. Um, again, like you said, you know, they every politician wants to grow up to be, you know, a congressman uh, someday. And if they can remember that phone call from Mrs. Smith down the road, and she explained why it was so important for her to be able to, you know, carry, you know, her gun with her while she's in a school zone or in a government building, different things like that, that could make a, make a big difference down the road. Well, I think that one other thing to tell people, whether they're, whether you're of the male or female persuasion is that when, when someone urges you to write a letter to your congressman, The letter does not have to be perfect and it does not have to be long and it does not have to have a lot of stuff in it because in all probability, they're going to read your letter. They're going to find out whether you're pro or you're for or against some, whatever the topic is. And your, your letter is going to be a check mark in one of the columns. And so, so a simple two paragraph, I am for this. I am against this. Here's my reason why suffices. And you actually then have time to write a second one and send it to the next over wrapper, you know, that kind of thing, as opposed to sitting there and struggling over a hot pencil for so long, trying to make sure that you've picked the absolute very best words to send. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can leave the, the, uh, real eloquent ones, the ones that are going to be speaking in front of the committees, you know, those, those kind of speeches, but their letters to your congressman and such basically have to say, you know, I'm for, I'm against this. And, you know, this right. is who and- I am. And leave out the expletives because then that just gets you into the third column, which is the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> the ignored, uh, the ignore column type of thing. Right, right. Uh, super. Well, hey, Amanda, uh, great conversation. One of the questions we've been having are uh, asking all our guests this year. Can you name an influential instructor or book that you would recommend to other instructors? Well, I, I, I'll tell you that everybody's influential in some manner. And I learned something from my students and I learned something from pretty much every instructor. The one thing that this year, I am actually going to take a class with Brian Hill from the complete combatant down in, down in uh, the Longia, I think it is, or the Longa. I don't know how to say it. The Longa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta ish. And um, so I'm doing that. And then I'm going to take a Masada Ayub class, the MAG 40. And if you're thinking Mag 40, if you're thinking Masada, you remember, he's not getting any younger. So, so do that. If he's in your bucket list, do it now. But really, really the big thing is I urge every instructor every year to get outside of your comfort level and do something different, whether it's USPSA or go to Camp Perry or, or take a Mag 40 or go to active self-protection or, you know, any of the pick something and pick something new every year and expand your horizons because you're going to be surprised at what you learn and who you learn it from. Most definitely. I don't make forties on my uh, bucket list and I'm hoping to make either Sioux Falls or uh, New York, uh, depending I'm upon... in the Sioux Falls class. Mm-hmm. Still trying to work my ca- my calendar so I can make it up to Sioux Falls. So that would be, uh, that would be that nice. One... If, if not fallback is uh, New York. Sioux Falls is going to be cool. Uh, Charlie Chambers is coming. Charlie Cook is coming. Uh, Paul Lathrop's going to be there. Uh, Tracy Becker's coming. Um, it's it's going to kind of, it's starting to be like the who's who of podcasters are all getting hit, hitting Sioux Falls. Yeah, now, now you're really uh, tempting me with that. <laughs> 
going to go back and look at the calendar, see what I can work out with hard. Work. Look at it hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always, uh, always good. Always good. Right. Okay. Well, Amanda, where can people find out more information on you and the DC project? Well, the DC project is dcproject.info. You can go there and you'll get to see who the directors are, what's going on, where we're going, you know, that kind of a thing. I, there's actually like a newsletter that comes out so you can sign up and I think it's quarterly. There is something that gives people details and there is a Facebook page called the DC project that gives you more information as what's happening to the different gals in different states. So that's where you can find that. Um, the best place to find me is either I on the target radio.com and you can connect with me there or Facebook and just, just find me by my name. I'm, I'm not real hidden. So Amanda Suffolk. Sounds good. Appreciate your time, Amanda. Uh, very informative, very informative on uh, things. And uh, this year, especially with the way the politics are going, uh, we've all got to take a little bit of uh, time to make sure our legislators know where we stand on all these different issues. Uh, we definitely do. This is going to be a tough year, uh, uh, absolutely tough year. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if, uh, if we don't... Uh, stop them this year next year is probably just going to be you know more added on top of it so it's uh important to uh get out there yeah the i think we've got i think we've really got two tough years is what we've got you know before before anything changes in the whole country. i don't know and then we just watch what uh what joe manchin does and see if see which side he uh straddles the fence on Politicians, you'd lo love to be away from them, but at the same time, uh, you've got to understand how they work and feed, feed them what they want. And that's, uh, you know, feed them the emotion. So that, that's why they're going to make their decisions unhelpfully in exactly. our favor. Good. Yep. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. We have a few requests. Visit podcast.concealedcarry.com to enter in for our weekly prize giveaway. Remember, you can't win without entering and your entries do not carry over from week to week. This week's podcast winner is Matthew F., and he won a Palm Pepper Spray. Next week's prize is a vehicle firearm tactics course. Visit podcast.concealedcarry.com to be entered in for next week's prize giveaway. Remember to check out the Guardian Conference on September 17th and 19th in Oklahoma City for an opportunity to train with some of our guests we've had on this podcast and to receive training that you can pass on to your students. Visit our sponsors, Special Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Share this episode on your social media. Encourage others to listen and subscribe to our over 110 episodes that we have currently out there. If you have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions on guests to have, or feedback, please email me, me at ftp at concealedcarry.com. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.